Hello, Voices of Wrestling listener. Dave Ryan here. Have you ever wondered to yourself, how many hidden gems are hidden away inside the last years of World Championship Wrestling? Have you ever asked yourself how many tenuous gags can be made about the name Mike Enos? And have you ever thought about what it sounds like for two Irishmen to interpret a very chaotic company through its B-show? The answers to all this and more are just a click away. Check out Days of Thunder every second Thursday on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. kids do you like professional wrestling not sure i did this week but <laughs> we generally do like professional wrestling too i am uh i am jeff hawkins he is ernest stavo blofeld with the cat it's chris novembrino petting his cat being yes, evil my dear hawkins. <laughs> uh what is i'll start with this because i just got a hankering for another holiday snack um and I don't, it sucks. I always decide to start dieting around the holidays for some reason, because I'm fat. Um, <laughs> have, you ever had, have you ever had Haystacks? The burger place? No, 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 no. Haystacks are are a uh, snack made up of uh, butterscotch chips, peanut butter, and chow mein noodles. Oh, no, no, I have not. Uh, I always have them around this time of year. Like, like there's certain things that like peppermint bark is really good. Never had that from Costco. Uh, what is your go-to holiday? Are you a traditional Christmas an, cookie guy? I, I'm an eggnog guy. Eggnog's great. I like eggnog. Okay, now how do you like your eggnog? You like it with bourbon, without bourbon, with cinnamon? You know, with at the, the at, this, at this point, because Straight. I I'm getting increasingly lactose intolerant. It's got to have bourbon because you know if I'm going to go through all of that, I might as well catch a buzz along the way. Is there another kind of nog besides eggnog? God, I hope not. I hope not either. I don't. I don't actually want to try another type of nog other than eggnog. I, I do like eggnog uh, uh, quite a bit. It it just becomes a question of how much do you want to buy? Because like <laughs> you just right, buy a little right, carton well, and you, it'll you be fine. Look at the calorie. You look at the calories. Oh too, God! You're yeah. Like, oh God! What am I doing? And then you try and find other uses for it when you get tired of it if you've bought too much. Like, I tried putting it in coffee. That oh, it doesn't work. Coffee. Yes, it's good in coffee. Oh, is it? Okay. I, I, just, what, I, what you... I had it once in coffee. I didn't, it might have been oh, bad it's very, eggnog. It's very good in coffee. It might have been eggnog from last year, as a matter of oh, fact. Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. Well, you know, once it's February, <laughs> you stop drinking your nog. Although it's basically pancake batter for the most part. It, it, it would be good in pancakes. It might be good in pancakes. Yeah, I like eggnog ice cream a lot. Eggnog ice cream is good. I do. Yeah. What other uses for nog? See, I don't like a lot of French cinnamon. Toast. It might be a good French toast. Good French. Oh, there you go. You dip the bread in that stuff and then yeah. you fry it. Oh, there yeah. we go. Uh, send your holiday recipes to at 
Shake Them Ropes, or join the Voices of Wrestling Discord and enter the channel for Shake Them Ropes. We do this kind of junk all the time. Hmm. Oh, it's, it's been a such healthy a healthy and robust Discord. It has been such a midweek in terms. I mean, we were talking about this before the show. It's like wrestling was there, and it was it, it was like a Golden Corral buffet. <laughs> here have some more one of these weeks where i've popped on things to see if i've watched it <clears throat> because it made no lasting impression and then i'm re-watching and i'm like oh yeah i did watch this i just was bored out of my mind so it just didn't go into long-term memory at all i am interested in deadline this weekend though i think that'll be a decent show I'm not gonna say great show, but but it but it has potential to it. So we'll we'll preview that a little bit later. Top story: Kevin Sullivan, vice president of post production for AEW, who has been there since the early days of the promotion, was let go on December fourth in a move made by Mike Mansory, the senior vice president and co executive producer. The move was huge behind the scenes, particularly on the production side, since Sullivan had built the entire post production team based in Nashville. This blindsided many people. The story going around was Mansuri told Sullivan that morning that they were moving in another direction in 2024. Huh, that sounds sort of familiar. QT. Uh, Sullivan had no idea was coming and was given no real explanation as to why, just that it was a Mansuri decision. Sullivan's work has always been highly regarded in wrestling and... Uh, God, Dave... Write a write a decent sentence here. Sullivan's work has always been highly regarded in wrestling and out of wrestling. He was responsible for the video packages, things like the countdown shows and the hype shows put online to build television shows, among other things. That's very interesting because, I mean, I believe he was also with Impact at one time. And I think he was in the latter stages of WCW towards the end. Um... I actually kind of like their hype shows and some of the things that they do for the, for the internet and stuff. I, 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 I think they get away from, they can get away from like the vice style. Like if you've ever watched dark side of the ring, that's what their hype shows kind of look like too. the one guy okay. sitting center frame, staring at the uh, camera, narrating something. I don't know, Chris, all this talk of new direction could be very, very good. If it's something completely and totally different, or could not be very good. <laughs> okay. Um, I think certainly the new direction of AEW in 2024 is uh, going to very likely be a story of the year thing for 24, um, especially given 23. As now that we're getting close to the end of AEW's 2023, it's been really rocky, I think, is the final assessment. Uh, this is not a company that, like, was hitting their stride this year. This is a company that is trying to find its footing going into 24. Uh, losing Punk, uh, the end of the CM Punk era, and not really having a next lily pad to hop to from that immediately it necessitates a new direction now will this be a decisive calculated uh, new direction or will it be a flailing of the limbs 
that is not just that not just the punk thing but also doubling your output of live television per week and then almost a month in getting rid of the guy that you're building that show around right right i i mean there 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 was a new vision and that vision involved phil brooks and they abandoned ship rightly or wrongly and yeah. I know that there are a lot of people who are listening to this going, well, no, it's good they got rid of Phil Brooks. And, you know, especially towards the end there, I think it's hard to argue that he needed to go. But it it still, at the end of the year, means that AEW had a very uh, not successful year with their choices and their directions that they wanted to go. They wanted to have a Phil Brooks year. And for many various reasons, they were not able to have a Phil Brooks year. Whether, I think we've all kind of had a Phil Brooks year. <laughs> you know, I'm old. I hurt. I Tired work of with working children. with children? Yeah, I work with children. <laughs> I actually like these children, but but these are all true things. Okay, I, I was talking about me, but thank you. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah no. Oh, well. Oh, never mind. We're going no, to move no, on. No, 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 no. Yeah, let's move on, shall we? <laughs> Sean Rossett, who I'll be seeing next week, reports that Brian Danielson is at least partially responsible for dishing out fines based on social media conduct in recent weeks. In doing so, the goal is to help AEW look as professional as possible. There is no word on whether the fines are common or not. I mean, I think you could file this under the new direction thing. Like the the increased uh, leadership of Danielson, or the increased emphasis on uh, of Danielson as the voice of leadership, seems to be part of Khan's new direction plan. Let me take a tempered uh, position on this because pro tightening up things. I'm all for that. Khan, not Tony, mm. although. Partially Tony. 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 Twitter Tony. Mr. Online Tony Khan. Mr. Remember when he said he was getting offline and he wasn't going to do it anymore? Yeah, Mr. In His Feels on the Internet, Tony Khan. Now allowing Brian Danielson to, to put fines when, and it, I think it, I don't know if work or shoot, but Mike Santana had some things to say. I think Britt Baker may have got fined for that uh, post she made last week about not having live promo time in Pittsburgh. I don't know, man. Whenever they say people are unhappy in AEW, I view it as more of a middle child slash second place syndrome where it's like they don't hate their work. They just want it to be better. But it's crap like that that also, you know, it's like, oh, we're we're not like WWE making you just do, you know, uh, random plugs for shows and always being in character. You can express yourself here. Then all of a sudden we've hired a new vice president to come in and make sure that you don't you aren't too online, kids. It's one of those things where it's like I see the point. But at the same time, part of the marketing strategy was we're not those other guys. I mean, there's that, and then you have like sort of the the time tested trope of the boss who is holding the employees to a standard that is completely different than they themselves yes. are holding themselves to. Like, yes. look, 
you know, if Khan had issued a gag order up to and including himself and they all just shut up on the internet for a month and a half, I mean, especially, especially when we are talking about the dying social networking website X, like, I mean, they, they could easily take a pause on X posting uh, for everything other than the official AEW account. I don't know that you'd have a huge engagement drop at this point. Um, you know, I, 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 it seems so I guess like increasingly my, my point here, not just to slam on X, although like, I mean, you know, it is X and all that, but like as X becomes less and less relevant, right. Then the harm that somebody going onto this dying social media website and saying something stupid grows and the benefit of whatever normal content they are posting diminishes. Um, and that's, that's an, that's a scale that's ever tilting in favor of harm. Mostly agree. It's, it's just weird how AEW has used the Twitter slash X platform to do so much of its marketing and so much of its actually so much of its storytelling at times as well. And right? now they're kind of like mean, saying, ah, Look, you know, it's, it's killing your parents and throwing yourself on the mercy of a court as an orphan type of a thing. Well, no, I think there's an interesting discussion to be had there, too, Um, is trying to do wrestling angles on the social media networking site X in the year 2024 and beyond a dated strategy in the same way that in the year 2014, trying to do a wrestling angle on MySpace would feel like like a throwback <laughs> you know uh, have we maybe moved beyond twitter as, as seen on tout uh, right right you know like uh, i mean i know you and i don't are not huge fans of uh tiktok but i think if i was running a wrestling company or something like that we would be doing a lot more angles on tiktok and instagram and, and like oh, at God. least at least where the people are, man, you know, um, cause they're not on, they're not on X. It, it, it is very much a dated sort of throwbacky strategy. So I don't know. Um, and I have my doubts that this is part of the 2024 AEW strategy, but if I were actually trying to revamp my strategy for a company going beyond, I'd be like, Hey guys, guess what? Next year is 2024. And that actually means we are in the middle of the twenties. Um, we need to think about, you know, what is, what is the rest of this decade look like? What any of the changing media landscape and stuff? Uh, cause it's not going to be X for the next 10 years. X ain't coming <laughs> back, baby. Sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm chuckling. Cause I'm like 1920s, the roaring twenties, 2020s, the boring twenties. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I do think that there's something to be said about just like moving beyond Twitter as the dominant marketing platform period. Well, this is interesting because the next two stories are all about um, change and, and how the wrestling business is changing. So uh, for, for the mothership, so, or not the mothership, but the number one company in the world. So I'll be interested in your thoughts on mothership, this. Daddy. <laughs> the mothership daddy. Go to the pay window. Uh, WWE is getting out of the home video business, according to notes from Wrestling DVD Network and House of Wrestling, HUS, our buddy Nick Houseman. WWE Home Video UK announced they will no longer be releasing shows on DVD, VHS, or Blu-ray. 
VHS at the end of the year with the final release being. Wait, wait, wait they still were? I and guess. Like, you could still get WWE VHS. Boy, that even took me. I was like, dude. Universal I'm, Records announces no dude, more eight tracks. Having the, co- having the COVID era on VHS is a total vibe. Oh, yeah. Uh, at the end of the year, with the final release being Crown Jewel on December 18th in the UK and December 22nd in Germany. But in the US, the WWE Home Video Department is set to close up at the end of this year. House of Wrestling get, got a WWE quote stating that, quote, the home video business has long been in decline and will no longer be a place where the company dedicates time and resources. I have become a person who is really, really pro go out and buy as much of the physical media that you want to own as possible because standards and practices as we evolve as a streaming nation, they're going to start censoring more and more stuff out of them. So if you want the originals, you know, I'm not going to tell you to go out and torrent over at wrestling classics, but uh, maybe he should. <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's one of those things where it's like, I actually like physical media. Now, I haven't bought as much of it over the years as streaming has become more and more prevalent. I, I understand that, and I, that makes me part of the problem. It just, it it feels, it, it feels, I feel the same way as when Toys R Us started closing up their brick-and-mortar stores. You know, you're, you're kind of like, wow, where are we going to go for toys from now on? <laughs> Even though Amazon's the obvious answer type of thing. I, I find it sad in some ways. Yeah, I, uh, as... I guess time has sort of progressed a little bit. I, I now see delineation points between downloading versus streaming. And I have like a much more negative view of like streaming a piece of content versus downloading it and like owning it. You know, you have the actual physical, you have the data, you know, like, like it is on your hard drive. It cannot be altered. It is actually physical to a certain extent. Um, like I, I think there's really something to be said for that versus streaming access um just because i mean if anything we've seen streaming access can be taken away um and you know or, you, or it's there and you can't find it like you remember WWE network deciding you know at random times you won't be able to find anything for hulk hogan you won't be able to find anything for chris benoit you know those because because the history is too negative on those people well, I mean, there's like that, and you, you know what else too? It's like trusting, uh, trusting these platforms to curate content yes. in different ways is really, you know, that's a crapshoot. If, if man, half of seventies and eighties wrestling is like this, either homophobic or racist, and you're just like, well, there's that too, right? Yeah, like yeah, I mean, so the. WWE Network, especially at the launch, was such a disjointed mess. God, yes. Yeah, it was so, I mean, you couldn't watch anything in sequential order. It was just a bunch of random, like, freaking wrestling episodes. Up and they, or, and then they got it to be good, and they started making special collections and things like that. It's like, oh, this is great. And then they gave it to Peacock, who then re-screwed it all up. Yeah. Remember uh, when I mean, we wanted that job? <laughs> Dude, like, like, still kind of want that job to be honest with you, since nobody is doing this crap. 
Uh, I, I mean, what is the point of, yeah, I guess it's like, what is the point of owning all this content if you guys aren't going to archive it like in a somewhat coherent and digestible and enjoyable way? Like, it's like, IP. It's, it, you know, it, it's, oh, we own it and we're just going to dump it. it yeah, I know. It, it, it's, but it's like, I don't know. I, you know, I, we could make, you know, fun 89, 90, 91, like recappy sort of things and like, you know, get people into these these things yeah yeah i know it's it's sad speaking of which house shows may be going the way of the dodo tko president mark shapiro brought up wwe house shows and said well there's a reason to have them because it's good for the brand we're building audience we're putting them on in c and d counties so we're really stretching the brand and we're amassing a greater array of eyeballs from all demos so it's good for our long-term growth through a, through a margin perspective they are dilutive so they're probably there's probably an opportunity as well go through our efficiencies and our synergy opportunities. God, that's, that's God, such I love corporate speak. I love, I love the human way that corporations teach you to speak. To cut back on some of those non-televised events, which will push our margin up, so we are going through that exercise now. Also, as part of that, might be seeing a lot more advertising on WWE rings, etc., Shapiro continuing, WWE was, as my CFO likes to put it, it was religion for Vince. He just didn't want to commercialize the venue for the most part. The mat was clean, the ropes were clean, just there wasn't a lot of signage or activation because its advertisers didn't don't just want to put their banner up there anymore. They want activation. Another buzzword. We my specialize God. in that at UFC, and we're going to bring some that same strategy to the WWE. And there are no rules. Ugh. Um, I mean, look, this is one of these things that I think Vince actually was right on. That putting advertisements on the ring is at once gaudy. That is true. It does do something for the presentation to have a clean ring. But beyond that, the advertisement is like there forever. So 30 years later, you're watching a wrestling pay-per-view for Little Caesars Pizza advertisement from like 30 years ago. It, it just makes... Oh, take me there. there was, that was buy one, get one. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, Domino's currently has an amazing emergency pizza. Pizza, offer. pizza, baby. No, um, I, I get... Man, that'd be interesting in terms of... I don't think residuals would have to play a play but i right but i mean like but i if, think the whole thing being clean and it's not so in your face and it's not just add here add there add there so busy all the time actually helps their product in so many ways since yeah so much of it is shilling advertisement to begin with and then to get away from that and be able to watch the match even though a lot of the commentary is also just cynical shilling for either you know slogans of wrestlers or <laughs> products or whatever i oh i just tur turning the ring into like a nascar <laughs> yeah <laughs> track. I, I, it's i i vince is right about this they're they're, they're gonna make a mistake they're, they're and they're thinking oh it's gonna be like ufc or boxing but i just it's not UFC or boxing. What will, will sponsors be able to sponsor individual wrestlers? Like we had that with, with Jimmy Johns and, and Brock, but like, can we get like uh 
Blue Chew and the Miz versus, you know, here's here's Santos Escobar representing Ozempic or something like that. (laughs) Pfizer comes in, starts buying a bunch of wrestlers. Chad Gable and Otis out there for Twix. For Twix. I'm thinking of all the inappropriate ones. Well, they I want, want to say a- them. They, they want activation is what they want. Uh, and and I, I like, that's the other thing I struggle with. It's like, wh- they, they say they want activation. I'm just like, dude, I don't want to watch TV shows that are just advertisements. Yes. It's thing to watch TV shows with advertisements in the commercial breaks but i have like no interest in watching a television show with trojan horse advertisements all throughout it i because there is content without that crap that doesn't insult my intelligence it just makes you mad because it's like you have no interest in building a good television product here you're just interested in how much advertising you can throw in there and and how many you know how <laughs> well and this is clear it's clear this is where advertisers want uh their foothold to go now in this decade and beyond because of the streaming thing and the fact that you can like fast forward through stuff yeah so now, yeah the commercial break is this sort of dying thing so now they just want to be on the television show and i don't want that i have no interest in watching that i understand that like art needs to be supported by commerce and all of that but like this division for me on a philosophical level has no merit whatsoever it's it's basically an art commercial and yeah. i have, i have no interest in watching an art commercial i'm like not going to be you know doped into that like there there's good ways to advertise on sports like i i I don't mind like a clock and scoreboard sponsored by an advertiser up there on the screen while the play is going, et cetera, et cetera. And WWE's always done Soccer. that. Yeah, like, yeah. like WWE's been willing to do that. I, I, this, I, this feels like and he throws them into the turnbuckle sponsored by Tampax, Tampax for all your period needs, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you're just like, oh my God, it's going to be forced ad read, forced ad read, forced. Throws them into the ropes. These ropes sponsored by the by Killers of the Flower Moon. Man, there's a lot of blood. You know, it'd be great to wipe that up. Some bounty paper towels sponsoring our left turnbuckle this week. <laughs> yeah, all four turnbuckles have different sponsors, and you have to do the ad read every time one goes it, into one. It, they they do a four stanchion uh spot so that you can get each advertisement all oh, four corners has- you know the four yeah. corners match where you just have to hit every corner and then would go back to one if you didn't hit all four. Uh, <laughs> Otis has his Otis has Mrs. Head and he's bashing him against the bounty paper towel one. Now they're going over the Purina <laughs> turnbuckle one two three. Purina is a great place to be as they're. Yeah, like, and now the bottom turnbuckle, Slim Jim. Snap into a Slim Jim available at <laughs> Grocery Worldwide. And of course, our last turnbuckle sponsored by Clorox. Oh, Otis is bashing his head against that too. Clorox <laughs> really cleans up the messes. Miz is kind of a mess right now. <laughs> Andrade expected to be returning to CMLL for the first time since 2015 to do a show. His contract is set to expire with AEW in the summer. 
And there are rumors that if time is not added on, he is looking to go back to WWE. And if that were to happen, he wouldn't be able to work CMLL again. So he's trying to uh, trying to get in while the getting's good. Andrade is one of those interesting ones because I never know if he wants to go back or not because he's such a malcontent everywhere, <laughs> pretty much. I know his wife is in WWE. His on again, off again wife is in WWE. <laughs> But, um, yeah, any thoughts on that? Should I just move on? Yeah, move on. Okay. Sports Illustrated report that uh, o- Kazuchika Okada was going to entertain outside offers, which he has never done previously, when his contract is up on January 31st. We noted that the WWE is looking at making a deal with Okada, although that's been the case for years, but the idea that was previously Okada was never interested in leaving, and now he might be. The idea is that he can earn more in the U.S., but it is also to be noted that Okada's wife is a well-known actress based in Japan, so that plays an aspect on whether or not he would leave. Do you think WWE has a chance? Because I do on this one. I think AEW is overspent for a lot of guys and that done a whole lot with New Japan guys. And I think at, I think he's what, 30, he's in his 30s. And I think there's always that I want to play Carnegie just once type of thing for a lot of guys. They want to see what the pinnacle is and see if, if it, the grass is really greener. If I were a betting man, I am, I'm going, I'm going look, I don't know anything into his mindset. And I know that, you know, I know he likes being in new Japan. I like, I know he likes occasionally working in the States. I would not be the least bit surprised if Okada re- signed with WWE. Um, I just would hope that he'd talk to his pal Shinsuke and <laughs> get a lot of guidance. Uh, as you can he- surf here every day, dude. <laughs> that was what he would Nakamura would tell him. Yeah, I mean that that for sure. Uh, but you know, getting some guidance on how to uh, negotiate the uh, all the these language. website geeks are gonna say that you're no longer gonna be having great matches, but it doesn't matter because you're gonna be making so much more money. Well, yeah, and I mean Nakamura will encourage him to phone it in hard. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> Nakamura is in pure. Have you, consi- for this check, have you considered doing less? <laughs> he truly is the Jerry Lawler of this day and age, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he, he, just... you love him, but he ain't doing much, and it's great. <laughs> no, I know. I, I right. Like, like it, it, he, he gets, he is like the Japanese Christian at this point where he has like, <laughs> the, he has like these slow, like plotting matches, and they're methodical and they're entertaining. Uh, but, uh, it's very clear. Well, Christian actually puts an effort, but like, it's very clear. Nakamura knows you can do less. It's fine. If you do less, it's all fake. Yep. (laughs) The reason the yeet stuff by Jey Uso hasn't been used in a while is that there's a trademark issue. Independent wrestler in June, 2021 trademarked the term yeet. And even though it's lapsed, WWE and their attorneys have decided to put the kibosh on it until they can settle things out. That would be hilarious to me if you can no longer use it because they just don't want to fight a lapsed trademark. Oh, my God. Imagine that. Um, I mean, the Yeet thing will still stay around with the crowds. And oh, yeah, the crowd will do it. They won't like, be able to monetize it. But, I mean, that's, eh, that's what it is what it is. Like, Sami Zayn hasn't really been able to monetize the Ole, Ole, Ole thing in you know years. No. So. 
Speaking of which, Sami Zayn uh, planned to take had some uh, time off approved. It was uh, rumored that's why they did the angle on Raw with Drew McIntyre at the end of that show with his ankle and stuff. Good for him. He's been working like a dog the past couple of years. So, but uh, they have a uh, they have a show in Montreal over the holidays, and uh, it appears he may not be there. But that uh, that that could change. He could do a special one off for it. But uh, yeah, I hope he gets some time to heal up there. That's gonna do it for the news. Lazy River time, Chris. Oh, I feel I feel like we've been putting it off by dragging out the news segment. Well, we can put off a little bit more because we have a preview this week. This week we have a pay-per-view or premium live event, as they call it. NXT deadline tomorrow, Saturday. No college football other than Army Navy. So you'll have plenty of time to watch if you'd like. Seven uh, matches announced. Um, of course, they changed the North American Championship match because Wesley um, having some back issues, so he's going to take some time off. But in the pre-show, Axiom versus Nathan Frazier in a singles match. This is going to be a sprint, and Nathan Frazier is going to win, and it's going to be a fun match because Nathan Frazier and Axiom are both awesome. Any yeah, Nathan Frazier is going to win, but I think this is going to be like the start of a Nathan Frazier heel turn. I think, yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I think the whole, like, the let's just have a nice match as friends thing is the setup for Nathan Frazier, like, having... You think they of... turn him over Axiom? Oh. Well, then, in that case, I think Axiom wins. Because, well, no, because, I mean, because I, Axiom, you know, is in a mask, so you can just keep beating him and beating him until you decide to turn him into A-Kid or whatever name you're going to give him again. Well... Uh, no, see, yeah, yeah, but I, I, I could see. I, I mean, I could see Frazier losing to a heel axiom here and being on a losing streak after the Ilya Dragunov thing, going through a character reset that way. Um, I could see Frazier using the Ilya Dragunov beat down as an like you know as an inflection point to go crazy on Axiom. Uh, but I, I think, I think this does result in Frazier winning. Like I, I think this result, I, I, no matter what, I feel like this results in Frazier turning heel. I almost feel more confident of that than the outcome. So, so I'm gonna say Frazier. Actually, I, I guess I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Frazier wins. I'm gonna say Frazier wins as well. Uh, Carmelo Hayes taking on Lexus King, aka Brian Pillman Jr. Uh this is. It's weird how we've gotten to this match. <laughs> yes. It has so, like, it has such strange heat. Like, I guess there's some, it's like a TV match because it's more of a skit than a match because there's no intensity or real premise for Lexus King and Carmelo Hayes fighting other than Trick Williams' Fifi's are hurt. And... I'm going to say Lexus King finds a way to beat Carmelo Hayes because they're moving Melo up the roster. It seems stupid to have Melo beat Lexus King. I think it's, I think it'll have to do with something to do with Hayes and Williams in this iron survivor. That's all I can think of. And that Lexus King somehow steals a win from Hayes, but maybe trick Williams has come out to help him and it ends up distracting Carmelo Hayes or something to that effect. Cause I think that splits happening on this show somehow yeah yeah i think so too in a match that interests me only in so far as 
if they overthink it, it's going to not be very good, but it could be very, very good if they don't overthink it. Roxanne Perez taking on Kiana James. Now, I, I have said this before. Kiana James is a gamer, but when you watch her wrestle, there are times where you can see the wheels turning, where she's thinking about what she needs to do, et cetera, et cetera. And I think a steel cage match is one of those things where it's like, if this were just a straight match walking brawl, she'd be better off. Uh, she is possibly my most improved wrestler of the year. Um, she has been fantastic in, in things. I mean, look, she's not Becky Lynch or Bailey, but she has improved. She's gotten in on the game. She's a good base for smaller wrestlers like Roxanne Perez. Roxanne's going to be coming off the ropes or off the cage on top of Kiana James and be just fine because Kiana James can do that for her. Um, they've gotten into that phase with Roxanne now where it's, she's too far too straight ahead of a baby face. We need to give her some edge. And she's been acting like a jerk. I don't know if they're going to turn her heel. I hope not. But if you recall, they did a QR code thing on the show. Um, and during that show, that QR code was the voice of Cora Jade saying, see you at NXT deadline. I think she may get involved in this match somehow. Would I be crazy to think Kiana James might win this? I think Kiana James does win this. I think like Roxanne's on a storyline and Kiana James needs like a build. Yes. Yeah. So I actually do think Kiana James wins this. Okay. So we're agreeing on that one. Uh, Dirty Dominic Mysterio with Rhea Ripley versus Dr Rhea Ripley. Rhea. Rhea. <laughs> versus, versus Dragon Lee with Rhea Mysterio. Who I think it's really cool Crutches. that Wesley got his cousin from south of the border to come in and fill in. <laughs> Dragon Lee is currently on the main roster. Dom Mysterio is currently on the main roster. Why is this happening? Exactly. Um, it'll be fun. Dom's gonna retain, but like it's just it's stupid to not even have someone from NXT have a match with Dom. Like, how little faith do you have in this guy that you can't like they're even putting an NXT guy in the US title tournament on SmackDown. I don't know who I, it is. I mean, you could have Dom have a jobber match on a pay-per-view and like you, if you presented that the right way, it would make total sense. Where he like acts like this is a pay-per-view title defense and it's just like an enhancement talent match against, you know, like Marcus Bigsby or, you know, whatever, <laughs> like generic guy you have. Like, here he is. Marcus, Marcus Bigsby. Bigsby. You've used that name before. And I'm I have not. No, that's a new one. That's a new one. Um, I actually think there's a chance Dragon Lee may take this title because he, before we went to air, I was watching some of SmackDown. And they're doing a uh, they're doing a uh, U.S. title tournament, and they just had Dragon Lee lose to Santos Escobar. I can't believe that they're just going to keep burying Dragon Lee like this. He's going to have to get a win somewhere, and with Ray yeah, in the building, I think this is a title change. I don't. Um, I think that the Judgment Day is all premised around them having the mid card belts and stuff, and like. Okay off of dom just like makes him have to start writing a whole storyline for dom not having a belt that they don't want to hassle with right now women's iron survivor challenge and the things that are fascinating to me i said this last week for the iron survivor matches is a lot of new faces and that could be a recipe for disaster but we will see Tiffany Stratton versus Lash Legend versus Blair Davenport versus Kaylani Jordan versus Fallon Henley. 
Lash Legend got her championship. She got to body slam Otis on NXT television. That's kind of a big deal. Um, I have, I have thoughts as who might win. Who do you have on this? In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards... It sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash VOWnet. Arenaclub.com slash VOWnet for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. <laughs> I'm going to say Kailani Jordan just because, like, I feel like they've been wanting to push her and, like, this is going to be used as a jumpstarty platform just for a one shot shot at the title. Yeah. I okay. mean, cause like, you know, Stratton's the strongest of all of them, but you know, but you can name her number one contender at any time, any time. Right. And then like, so then I'm like pulling her out. I'm going Fallon Henley. Now who's the other one? Uh, Lash legend. And Blair Davenport. Maybe Blair. 
maybe maybe they have Blair win it so that they can have her go up in a match against Lyra Valkyria. I could see that. I swear they've had that match thirty times already. I swear, I know. I we definitely saw it in NXT UK, and it stinks. Yeah, yeah. Like because Blair's. I not- hope it's not Blair Denver. There's an inkling of me that thinks they give this to Lash Legend for the one shot title thing just to see what they have with her. I mean, look, you can't go wrong with Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany Stratton would be great as the number one contender. She'll bury whoever. She'll say toodles. She'll say Tiffy time. Lash Legend is an intriguing pick to me. As is actually, you know what? As is Fallon Henley. Because Fallon Henley, um, she could work a match. I mean, she won't win the title. I mean, it just depends on if you're building this for somebody to take the title off of Lyra, which you're not going to. But boy, all that spooky crap in that in that in the uh, promo with her, with uh, who is that that's hanging behind the scenes? It's Fallon's old tag team partner. What's her name? Oh, uh, uh, oh God, what is her name? Because they made her all like uh, evil and yeah, I've already forgotten her name. Um, yeah, Kaylani's not the worst choice. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Lash Legend wins this. And I'm not certain it's gonna be a very good match, but we'll see. No, I I have my doubts about the match quality. The men's side for the number one contender for the NXT Championship: Dijak versus Trick Williams, hoss fight versus Josh Briggs. Hoss fight versus Braun Breaker. Hoss fight versus Tyler Bate. Not Hoss fight. Although, small Hoss. Small Hoss. Hoss Hoss Jr. He can do little. This is actually, this is the opposite of the women's match in that I think it, you you like, at first blush, look at these names and go, this doesn't look like a caduzzi of a match, but I think these guys are going to come in and beat the crap out of each other. Oh, uh, I hope so. That's yeah, no, all I, I want. In a match. I, I, think, I think this is going to be a bar burner. Yeah, I, I, this this I think is going to make this is going to make going through the women's match worthwhile. Um, and uh, I mean, maybe the women's match over delivers. Uh, I mean, one or two things happens: either the women set the bar really high, and the men then try to clear that bar, or the women match underperforms, and the men feel kind of compelled to go out there and really bring it home. In either case, I think it's going to be uh, a meat fest. It's going to be fun. Who do you have winning? I think Trick wins. I think see, like. I mean, yes, Trick and Mel are going to split, but I think the Trick-Mello split might be the television angle coming out of this pay-per-view. I think Mello wins, Trick wins. And, like, they end the night seemingly standing tall together. But, but giving each other side-eye. Yeah, and it's beginning. Yeah. Exactly. They both win, right? Like, they should be together. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it should be Trick-Mello game back on top, but it's not. Yeah, it, it's... It's oh, an uneasy relationship has healed for right now as we go dark. Um, yeah, boy, Trick Williams is the strong pick here, but there's that part of me that thinks Braun Breaker gets this just to get back on top, but I can't get too early that. to go back. It's too early to go back to the Dragon Off match. You got to remember whoever wins this is going to Dragon Off. Yeah, I can't get that far into it. I'm gonna say Trick, and I'm gonna say Josh Briggs is going to do something amazeballs and hopefully he doesn't get hurt. It's going to be one of those types of moves where he's going to, somebody's going to be in his ear about him having him prove himself, so to speak. And so he's going to do it like, I remember during the, uh, that one tag team elimination chamber when, uh, when Tucky 
<laughs> Tucker was just going off and doing like amazing things in the elimination chamber. Really good, that yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I mean, you know, I don't think it's gonna be him, but Dijak versus Dragonoff is always a match that has uh, high quality, you know, attached to Bate it. Bait versus Dragonoff would be a barn burner. Yeah, I mean, and but Bates being rumored to being moved up, as as preposterous as that as that sounds. Um, yeah, I mean that. I think this is gonna this is gonna be match of the night. Obviously, no, to me, it'll be great. They'll bring Bait in, and he can be friends with his uh, buddy Butch. Butch, yeah, yeah. It can be like Butch. They should call his... him Bait. They shouldn't even no, call him Tyler. No, Bait. It's no, no. Bait and Butch. No, his name should be Squire. Squire. <laughs> Butch and Squire. No, 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 no. Like, no, and he needs he needs one of those. Uh... Oh, I had a name. I couldn't think of it. Like one of these British names that's effeminate or something like that, but it's a man's name. Ashley. But, he they call him Ashley. And he goes up there Alistair. and just he's just an yeah. ass beater. Or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh and then for your final match, the NXT championship, Ilya Dragonoff versus Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin is fantastic at the build. This and I think he's gonna be awesome selling for Ilya. But remember, he's going to have to get the heat at some point. And that's going to be unbearable to watch and, and in some ways. I got Ilya retaining here. No, no way. No, <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. That was great of you. Yes. Damn. I do that, my service. Yeah. That's I'm, why the people tune in. I don't in know, I don't know Chris. I'm looking at the numbers here. Ilya has a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Threw me off so bad on that one. (laughs) It's like I was trying to be in. I was actually just trying to play it straight. No, I think Ilya has this one. Oh, really? (laughs) Why did I jump down your throat here, you jerk? I I wasn't even trying to jump down. I was just like, (laughs) you don't think Baron Corbin's gonna win? No way. You have to admit. There is something there, given that this is the end of the year, and they're going to have a show for Rumble, and they're going to have a show probably on WrestleMania weekend where you could give Baron Corbin an NXT title run because I don't. Did he ever hold the NXT title? I don't think he did. No, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Well, Becky Lynch. And that was his whole point. If you had watched his his wonderful inspired, I watched this and it was good. Okay. Oh yeah. Then you would. Then how come in in one year and out your mother? Because every other wrestling thing this week has gone in one ear and out the other. Chris, I told you that before. Yeah. So Uh, uh, no, I I have this match not being particularly good i i i mean yes obviously dragon off retains uh but <laughs> i i think this is gonna stink like you know yeah corbin's gonna get his heat spot he'll do a couple of moves you're like ooh ah but this is gonna be super by the numbers the outcome's never gonna be in the doubt. melodrama is gonna be so high his heat spots never gonna have you legitimately think he's got dragon off beats uh yeah i i think the, honestly the better move here, the much better move here, is Dragonoff comes out and he annihilates uh, Baron Corbin in his title. Defense. And then he points to Trick Williams and says, you're next. Yes, exactly. Yes, uh, because the, the, they're the, about the same size. 
The, the move here would be to have this be one of the most dominant title defenses. Oh, even better. Ever. He beats the living crap to the point where Vic and Booker are getting vaguely disturbed it, by how much of a beatdown that Ilya's getting. by ref stoppage. Yeah, yes. Like, yeah, like, like Corbin loses by ref stoppage. And everybody's um, just like, what the hell did we just see out of Ilya Dragunov? I would have that be the in-between match between the women and the men's match have it be about seven minutes and have Corbin like it looks like Corbin's going to get a heat spot early and then Dragunov turns it around and just annihilates him for five minutes until the match has to be stopped and then we go to our main event and it's like who wants to go up against that yeah oh oh that'd be so great oh that'd be so awesome where it's like yeah who wants to go up against that maniac and everybody's just kind of like going well, it's a title shot. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that'd be great. Even Bre- even Breaker has a little bit of a like he's cocky, but he's also now like like questioning himself. Like, huh, this is not going to be so easy the second time around. Yeah, like like Bra- like Braun's back there warming up, and Ilya comes back with blood all over his fists, licking them or something. Braun's like that would actually be such a great post match where he walks back p- past all five guys. All five guys. Yeah, and, says, yeah holding the belt. some of this? Oh, holding the belt, he just stares at all of them having just completely annihilated oh, Aaron yeah. Corbin, sending him packing forever. Even Dijak. Dijak has his glasses on. He's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just be, he should be the button. He should just say, like, drop an F-bomb and it gets bleeped out. <laughs> okay, so we have anything else in wrestling we can talk about. I'll let you start, because... I'll tell you one thing. My my topic's gonna be boring as hell. What did you see this week, Chris? Um, boy, I mean, I I, I watched NXT, but we basically already kind of covered that. We covered that. And then, you know, WWE was was there. Yeah. Um, it was it was very much a show that was there. Um, I continue to think that the Judgment Day is a very solid narrative structure for them to have been running this show through here. Like they're, they're good. Damian priest continues to be a really great screen presence. Like with one exception in what way I can't stand our truth being. I know. I hate, they need to beat the crap out of that dude. Right? No, it's stupid. Like I, I I don't like the, our true stuff. Um, and it's don't cool down the heat of the judgment day by putting in this. What up, up and up without them. Absolutely. Annihilating that guy. I think the first week I liked it. The first week where priest was just like, no, he's not worth our time. We are a like, like we're such dominant heels that we don't need to beat the crap out of just every single baby face. Uh, I, I like that the first week having this being a running gag, I am with you is stupid uh, and undermining. So it was, it was fine. It was fine. Week one. It's not so good now. Yeah, it can't continue. <laughs> yeah. No, it has you gotta to take the wackity. It literally has to end next week. Like, like yeah, uh, especially after Dominic and JD McDonough, uh, lost uh you know lost the match or whatever they kind of need to get their heat back by just beating the crap out of our truth our boy boc is screaming it's jimmy valiant and the horseman the horseman would never allow the, <laughs> that crap to happen on their time they'd, they'd stomp a mud hole in the locker room yeah i agree um anything on well I'll, I'll tell you what i i told you what i watched before i watched a 1992 uh wcw power hour 
And man, they had a sneaky. I mean, look, everybody knows that that War Games in February was fantastic, but this is uh the the build the Halloween Havoc. I was watching, and they haven't done the Japanese Super Show yet, where uh, Rude and Chono fight. I think Rude injures his back in that show. Um, but they entered the Jake Roberts has just come in. They've explained he came in. He cuts a promo. They show his promo from live in the ring. They also show the Clash of the Champions part of that match. They had a ridiculously booked. I don't know if you remember this. They had Sting taking on Jake Roberts, Vader, and Rick Rude in one match because that's just what 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 uh, Roberts wanted in order to get to spin the wheel, make the deal. And they set up the uh, the 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 feud that we never got between Vader and Rude in that match because uh sting gives him like a suplex and vader's on the top rope and he just decides to splash both of them for good measure and i never realized that's how they set up the entire rude vader feud there i was like okay that's kind of cool uh, other interesting things of note i, I had a <laughs> jimmy garvin versus scotty flamingo and it was just not as good as you'd expect it to be, even though I like both guys. Rick Rude versus Van Hammer. Two squash matches with Vader and the Barbarian, because the Barbarian was about to get a world title shot against Ron Simmons, so Cactus Jack cut a promo for him. And uh, also we got a, uh, oh, don't forget to watch uh, WCW main event, where we'll see uh, Bobby Eaton and Arn Anderson Managed by Michael Hayes. I had forgotten about that Michael Hayes managing that team because I remember the whole basis of that was a promo about the three greatest tag teams of the 80s. Each had one player. And then Michael Hayes never wrestled in that entire group. It was just Anderson and Eaton who didn't need them. Um, Yeah, no, it was a fun little thing. A lot of recaps, a lot of video, and a couple of squash matches. It's all I need for my wrestling. Uh, Should we do Dynamite now? Yeah, I mean, I guess we ought to, but boy, this was just a ho-hum, this show's your sort of show, uh, especially when it comes to the in-ring action. Uh, I mean, the highlight of the show, I, I, I guess in terms of pacing, was the main event, which is always good, but I didn't think the main event was very good. So, and, and you know, lots of uh, lots of skit. I, you know, you didn't think Copeland was going to win the title here. I think turning Nick Wayne's mom and having Nick Wayne's mom as an on-screen character. It, it, like, I thought they did the most easy way possible instead of actually getting giving a little thought to it where it's like, she should have attacked um, she should have attacked Christian first for, for, for that whole thing with the kill switch slash Luchasaurus thing where he hit her and then eventually turned and, and attacked Edge or uh, attacked uh, attacked Adam Copeland for hurting her son. And then eventually taking the belt, handing it to Christian, and then letting him finish him. I mean, that, that to me is the, is, is the best way to do this where you, you know, okay, you know she's going to turn, but at least make it seem realistic there because she should be mad at Christian as well. Right. Uh I, I mean, she also just did a terrible job for her part yes. too, in that skit. Like, like the eyes were not, I mean, she was already looking at Copeland. So it was never in doubt for a second that she was going to hit him. This was a week where we hit the weakness of this tournament to me. Um, because in a G1, you have 
two groups of 16. It's drawn out. You have various matches. You can build out, you know, wins, losses, et cetera, et cetera. And this one where you only have six people in each, you have to get the wins in there early. People build leads. And to me, both, both the gold and blue suffer from the same problem in that you have two main eventers, two mid carters and two guys who are obviously going to get beat in both. And you know, who's who, and you might get one mid card upset in there in terms of either, you know, Brody and Claudio or, um, uh, and then in the gold side, it's, it's, uh, Jay white and, uh, and Roosh. But I mean, you know, Jay lethal and, and, and Mark Briscoe are there to get beat. And you know that Eddie Kingston and uh, Daniel Garcia are pretty much there to get beat. Um, Which is hilarious considering Eddie Kingston. Put it's his belts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I had my doubts about this, this tournament's ability to be booked uh, in a coaching way uh for this length of time uh long form booking has not been a strong point of aew during the year 2023 and this tournament has been no exception to that well there's no sense of urgency in these matches i mean they're 20 minute time limits allegedly or whatever and it's like there's no real heat to them it's they're 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 good matches don't get me wrong they're good matches but they're that's another mistake too i think that these matches should have had 10 minute time limits so they are sort of forced to be more of a sprint um, so they, which like creates the optics of more of a sprint. Um, however, also gives the guys, you know, more time, like, like actually gives them like more breaks and stuff, but a lot kind of, it maximizes in minimum. Uh, yeah. you know, yeah. So I, I, I think that the mistake here too is yes, there should be time limit draws. Yes. There should be more of a race against the clock. Yes. There should be a faster pace to these matches. Um, I, the one thing that they sort of started doing this week that I think they should have been doing more of is everyone should be racking up injuries too, as this tournament elapses. So yeah. got two guys in the final, like basically the final of the sto- of the tournament should be two injuries against each other and who's going <laughs> to, no, I'm, I'm for real. Like, like a hand injury versus a leg injury. Or something I, like that. that was sorry. I was just imagining two guys in body cast trying to fight each other. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> two guys in one guy, one guy, like in, in they a just motorized, one guy in a motorized scooter, another guy like in like full leg cast. Yes. Yes. Uh, the other major story on Dynamite was, of course, uh, we did not get the MJF and Samoa Joe versus the Devils minions bait and switch in a way. But we did get the uh, the reading of the red of the red herrings because we had uh, we had Roddy ditching his wheelchair in a. This thing made me angry. Because it was so poorly executed to me. Because it's obvious, number one, they they fell away from the bit. The entire bit should just be that Roddy screams the word Adam. That's the only word. Unless he's going to do random words here and there that he just screams out for no, no but reason. That's not, that's not the bit. The, the bit is that like he's Adam Cole's annoying friend. Yeah, that, so he should yeah. scream Adam and then goes quiet. And that's the bit. Right? Yeah. Instead, so he's screaming Samoa Joe as you know. It's like, uh. and then eventually, it's like I'm ditching the wheelchair to let you all know that uh, I'm I'm no longer responsible for my actions or whatever. And it was just like that was supposed to be an ooh and ah moment, 
and just didn't hit with the bad comedy. Although Matt Taven's giraffe sweater MVP of that segment. It's been months of bad comedy. Yeah. Uh, In some cases, replaying the bad comedy skit twice on the (laughs) television, Uh, having that ironically being the funniest comedy that ever came out of comedy over several months here. I, I like there is, I have no intrigue for Roderick Strong's next match. Nothing they have done in the intervening several weeks here, uh, three months, right? Like 12 weeks has, has made me remotely interested in seeing any of these three guys wrestle. And then we got the uh, Hangman and MJF promo, which for my taste was a little bit too passive aggressive, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it's one of those, you know, two guys who don't want to fight each other. Just kind of, oh, and then you blew your title shot. And then you blew your title shot. Then you did this. It's like, they're not really getting mad at each other. Although I did like, <laughs> I did like Adam Page leaves. And then MJF says something different. Goes, oh, what was that? And I was like, okay, that's perfect. That that works in there. Uh, but he was obviously there to set up the red herring with the broken bottle. Uh, I just, uh, although the more I, I watch this, I, I'm number one. I'm wondering if they've changed the devil yet again, because yeah. part of me thinks that everybody is looking at MJF and telling him that they know the truth here, and that it's MJF, and that it's going to turn out to be MJF. <laughs> I think. I mean, it has to be Adam Cole, right? That's the only guy it could be that 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 would actually make this thing work. Because Tony Khan couldn't make it work. I don't think Jungle Boy makes it work. I don't think Britt Baker makes it work. It no. has to be Adam Cole, right? Or MJF, or both. Who knows? I like. I don't. I don't get it because then, like, it's like, how does Wardlow fit in? I, I guess it has to be Adam Cole. Adam Cole would be the only one who makes sense. However, I mean, look, if it was the Bucks and Page. And then you had uh, the other two henchmen are like Cutler and Wardlow. That's at least, that's something. That's something. Yeah, but, it, it yeah. was just, you know, I like, uh, and I just, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you're being hunted by an unknown force with a bunch of, with a bunch of goons. This was MJF doing a heel promo instead of a babyface promo too, to Adam Page, which I thought it doesn't click with this new, character development we've gotten out of mjf type of a yeah thing. really really I, I thought i mean that was maybe my bigger issue with the characterization is that mjf is supposed to be a paranoid baby face right yes now. like you know he's he is overreacting and he's paranoid in this here he he felt confident which he shouldn't be um and yeah he felt uh he felt near, needlessly contentious which also he shouldn't be yeah, especially towards Hangman, who <laughs> hasn't been involved in this at all at any point. And it was just like so weird that he's coming out. But just, it, I mean, and then, of course, you get the broken bottle, and it's like, well, of course it can't be <laughs> MJF anymore in Hangman. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, the Tony Storm thing, okay, Rio's back. Oh, Great. dude. Boy, was Rio's return. <laughs> I mean... Her her theme song stinks. Uh, like like it 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 
it does this thing. Her costuming stinks is what really every, stinks. Like, I, I just, there's a lot of things about Rio I don't care for, but there, there's this, like, thing in her theme song where it, like, crescendos to this high note that's, like, a strange high note for it to crescendo to, and it really just sort of hits home. Yeah, it's totally 8-bit video game music. Uh, it's, it's also a whole tone scale if you want to get into it. Da, da, okay. da, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Like, uh, I didn't but, know we were going to do music theory today. I didn't. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't even trying to go there. I wasn't right. even trying to go there on that. Uh, but she's as awkward as a whole tone scale is how I yeah, feel. Yeah. And her, I mean, her whole, like, I just want women wrestlers to be presented as athletes as opposed to, it gets into my Joshi issues where they're children sometimes and you're like, and, and Rio is always presented to me a little bit childlike. And I just, I just go, uh, I, you know, she's a good wrestler. Don't get me wrong. Uh, yeah. And, I but mean, this, but this match is going to be Tony storm sports entertainer with Luther versus Rio. It's not going to be the stardom match. Everybody's thinking this is going to be the stardom match and it's not, it's going to be movie star Tony doing, you know, windmill punches like she was doing on this show. And you're just like, what the hell was that? It's she's doing old timey silent movie offense yeah. during commercial breaks. And you're like, okay. It's bizarre. Uh, and then like the usage of like the black and white stuff for Tony Storm is really gratuitous and obnoxious and annoying and distracting. Rio for me just, I mean, I am aware that she is a very capable wrestler. I watched her throw that drop kick and I was not remotely interested in seeing her have a match with Tony Storm. Right. Uh, I just, I like look at her. I'm like, she's so undersized and I, I just i you know get well soon jamie hater that's all i can say that's i no mean joke. no let, joke. let's let's rock this division back to its foundations please um and i like women's wrestling a lot so yeah uh i have nothing else for the lazy river you oh man um i'm trying to see if there's anything else on this show that was apparently kind of... punk had a pretty decent promo tonight so oh did he oh did he on yeah. smackdown okay yeah. well i mean that that would be an improvement over the one prior um we'll talk but... about that next week yeah um outside of that uh oh uh i i it's nia Jax. Is... <laughs> oh god god uh, like <laughs> we could have ended this show and you decided to talk about nia Jax. I mean, yeah, I'm 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 gonna go. I'll go on Nia Jack. I mean, okay, go ahead. Like we're doing this again. We're 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 back. Yes. We're, yeah, we're 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 pushing her. We're pushing her a second time. Um, and I, she has no noticeable improvement whatsoever. I mean, like the one thing you can say is that she's clearly lost like a considerable amount of weight, but in terms of actual skill or like any sort of like assets in the ring or whatever, no, she's just as useless as ever. I find her selling to be ridiculous. Yes. Like she has like cartoon selling. Like, yes. like I, I know like we have like the, my hole is like the classic meme, but like, dude, I mean, th there's a super cut of Nia Jack's bad sellings to be made. Uh, that would be that would I would definitely watch a 15 minute super cut of. In the old days, they would have told somebody, potato her, and then and then take her in the back and go, You remember how it felt when you really got punched? That's how you should be selling it right now, but maybe Go a little bit bigger. 
Show her yeah. the video. Show her the video of like what her facials and everything look like. Yeah, and be like, that's what selling looks like. Uh, <laughs> I, I know. I, she, she flails like a character oh that you're fighting in Punch Out. She does a windmill every time because it's like, oh, you've that's thrown it. me off my equilibrium and I'm that's almost it. ready to fall and, here. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's wah. a tree. She has yeah, the yeah. offense of a tree. Yeah. No, I. I mean. It it is very reminiscent of the matches in Punch Out, where you like have to knock the guy left and right, and then they they eventually topple over, and that's like the structure of the fight. Yeah, um, yeah, no, that's that's what Nia Jax basically is. Uh, I, I find it, I find it unrewarding. I don't understand why we're pushing her. It's a real shame. It's a real shame that both Shayna Baszler and uh, Zoe Stark, uh, Zoe Stark, have been sacrificed to this project. So that we can get back to Becky Lynch. So that we can bring back up the Survivor Series from three years ago or whatever. The build of that when she got punched in the nose and became the man. We've moved on, guys. She's had a child since then. <laughs> I mean, this this circles back to... And this might actually serve as a nice wraparound here for the show. Uh, I mean, we started off talking about, like, Twitter and story angles and stuff like that. And I just think we are three weeks away from the year 2024, which is going to put us firmly in the middle of the twenties. We are in a new wrestling decade here and life has moved on. Uh, 2016 was eight years ago. Now Uh, it like, like time, time is moving. It's slippery and that's okay. But we have to also be aware and cognizant that, like, no, it's it's not what it was, and and that's a, and so no one cares about Becky Lynch, how she became the man. Now, I mean, so much has happened since then. That Becky Lynch becoming the man was like two years before COVID, right? Yeah, she became the biggest star like in WWE. That's what that's what getting hit in the face was for. And if, if you're gonna tell me that this is about revenge on Becky's part, that's re- preposterous. If Nia's mad about it, sure, then we can get into something possibly. Yeah, I was fired because I wouldn't take a vaccine. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I, I, that <laughs> would actually, never do that. Actually, that'd oh be interesting. That, be inter- that'd actually be much funnier. It's like, yeah, no, they, they let you. They let you back because of the nose thing. They fired you because the vaccine. The vaccine thing. Yeah. Mm. Let that one simmer in front of a live crowd for a second. See how they react. Yeah. But uh, for those uh, who who go by the Shake Them Ropes timetable, next week's show will be a little later than normal. Uh, I am going to Cincinnati next week to hang with my friend Sean Rossap and go see a Cincinnati Bengals game. Be getting back sometime Sunday, so sometime Sunday or Monday of next week, maybe whatever. Maybe we'll just maybe we'll just hold off a show till midweek and do a long one for the end of the year and take the rest of the year off. Who knows? Chris and I have been talking. Chris might pick a pay-per-view for me to watch during my plane ride or something. So we'll, we'll see. We'll get, we'll get some audio out there for you. We won't be, we can't do as we've discussed, Chris and I not taking a lot of notes over the year. So we can't do a best of, you know, what were your top 10 matches of the year, Chris? You know, I have, I have two matches that I remember from this year that I, I really mean, I really know yeah, it's, it's been a tough year. Slapjack hasn't had a single match. <laughs> And I'd pick like the Gunther three-way at WrestleMania night one and just piss everybody off. So <laughs> it was Will Ospreay. Okay, great. 
I liked the big guys beating each other up. How do you like that? Uh, but anyways, uh, you can follow me at Crap Game 13 on X slash Twitter, the dying platform of which Chris spoke. You can also just follow the show, Shake Them Ropes, all one word on that platform. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Listen to the flagship, The Good and Bad, The Hungry, which had special guest Uncle Dave on this week. Music of the Mat, five-star match game, uh, the Days of Thunder, lots of other podcasts for your wrestling needs. I'm also on the Fight Game Media Network, now coming out from behind the paywall because Garrett's tired of trying to build a paywall. Chris and I have been there before. Uh, it, and those shows will be on the free feed starting in January. I do a show called The Dynamite Show. Uh, we record live about 20 minutes after Dynamite goes on, myself and Paul Fontaine. It's on YouTube. I plug it on the Twitter. If you're around, hey, come watch us live. We uh, we have some laughs. Uh, Chris is uh, winding down for the holiday season, but winding up the music. Yeah. Guys, the holidays are coming. All of them. And last week we talked about making Christmas a unifying time for yes. all peoples. Feliz and Novidad. Feliz Novidad. Yes. And this week I want to talk to all of you about bringing <laughs> the gift of music to not one, but several members of your family. In the past, I've talked about getting guitar lessons for a member of your family who might be interested in music. What if there were several? I challenge you this week to search out your extended family and figure out who likes to play music and then refer them to me for guitar lessons. If you are interested in guitar lessons, you can hit me up on Instagram at instagram.com slash D-O-C-T-O-R underscore N-O-V. That's Dr. Nove. You can send your third cousin, Billy, uh, your second cousin once removed, Cleophas, um, your <laughs> sister, Daisy. Uh, I am willing to teach any and all members of your family. So get as many as you can. Let's see who has the most members of their family who want to get guitar lessons. And that be really exciting. You sound thrilled. Hey, you know what? When your second cousin Cleophas once removed uh, is, you know, playing the bass like a bad mofo in your local hardcore punk band. Yeah, yeah, a little, little bit of slapping, a little bit of hardcore punk in the uh, Kentucky scene where mm-hmm. Cleophas lives. Uh, then you, you'll be thanking me, your buddy, Chris. Also DM Chris if you'd like to go out for eggnog. That's true. Uh, 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 hey now, it's Mike Gilbert, host of the Mike and JD Show, right here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Join JD by God Oliva and myself every Thursday night live on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we stay up all night discussing all the hottest stories in professional wrestling. You can also check us out right here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting feed or you can subscribe to the Mike and JD Show feed. Now, enjoy the show.